You're listening to Behind the Bliss, a weekly podcast where Rachel Autry brings conversations to you from women that share what's behind their highlight reel. Each episode is designed for you to see a message from the mess and encourage you to find balance in the bliss. We know that what you're facing is important for shaping who God has created you to be. Some may say it's a process that often happens behind the bliss. Here's today's episode. Today, I'm bringing an exciting guest to your ears. Her name is Ashley Lemieux, and you might know her off Instagram from her beautiful pictures. Right now, she's currently in Hawaii, and wow, her pictures are absolutely stunning. She claims Arizona to be home, and she has one of the most inspiring stories on lots of different levels, and she shares her story today with us. But please let me preface this as a trigger warning before we begin. This story does include painful topics like miscarriage, the loss of children, and I know this can be really difficult for people to listen to, so if your heart is not ready for this message, please pause, save this episode for later so that you can be healthy and your best version when you listen. But if you need an encouraging message today that is about walking through pain while also holding hope at the same time and how in the world we're supposed to do it, then please continue to listen because it is an amazing conversation. If you are feeling shame and wishing that your life looked different, if you are wanting to trade your life with someone else's because it looks better and shinier, if you're walking through something incredibly difficult and just need some hope, then this episode was made specifically for you. Even though it feels like a tornado, it looks extremely messy and you're trying to walk out hope, light, but also devastation and pain at the same time. But let me tell you that it can be done because of God. He is better, he is stronger, he is wiser and mightier, and he has his power to offer us in our weakness. It's what scripture tells us, it's what Ashley's story is filled with, and what today's conversation hopefully brings to you in your heart. Okay, tell me about your adventure that you had yesterday, because... I totally watched your stories and (laughs) whoa, (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) So my husband and I are out uh, in Hawaii for the summer and we decided to do this hike that we've just been planning for, for the past several weeks. And we get to the hike. And when I say hike, what I really mean is a small trail that is found between two huge cliff drop-offs way (laughs) on top of a mountain (laughs) so we do we're doing this hike and it is pouring rain and then it gets really muddy which then makes it really slippery yeah and there's parts on the trail that literally you're scaling up the mountain on a rope with the cliffs on both sides of you so friend that was the adventure of the muddiest most terrifying day (laughs) of life and we ended up not making it to the top because we were seriously so scared we we'd been hiking for two hours and we were probably only a half Mm -hmm. an hour away from the top but there was this part where you really had to scale this side of the mountain with just a rope and it was so slippery and muddy (laughs) that I was like this is it this is the last this is the last thing I'm going to do in my life if I don't turn around (laughs) right now so yeah that that was a good time (laughs) wow yeah no I'm like cute cute treacherous by Taylor Swift oh yes that's it it was terrifying but it was a really great adventure (laughs) 
but an adventure nonetheless yeah i'm like there should be another name for what that was besides adventure yeah because adventure feels fun and exciting and it it wasn't that fun (laughs) it was was terror well thank you for being transparent (laughs) yes well yeah you talked about that and i was like oh i love this the you know what you see on social media and then like what reality actually is where sometimes we get messy and muddy and then really only show our summit pictures and sometimes we don't even make it to the summit but we fake it and like that's not fair so just yeah I loved all that yes thank you loved all of it and that's really a lot about what you do and who you are and so I want you before we go any further give us a little bit of spark notes version of who Ashley is and what you've got going on in life oh man so I'm an author I, at the core of what I do, I love writing words to help women who just feel like they don't have any words for the moment that they're currently in. Yeah. Uh, So I've written two books, Born to Shine was my first one. And then I Am Here just came out two months ago now. And so at the heart of what I do, I just love championing women to help them get from where they are to where they want to be in their life and, and hold their hand through the hard stuff. Um, 11, I live in Phoenix, Arizona with my husband and my dog, and we are very adventurous to throw that word (laughs) back in there. So, uh, I, I really throw that adventure into my career as well, because I'm the type of person who really enjoys, uh, doing multiple things. And so whether that's running our Airbnbs or writing or hosting in-person events and retreats at the heart of everything that I do, I want to help women shine and, and help them know that even in the darkest moments of their lives, that they can still shine. So that's kind of me in a little nutshell. (laughs) And I love it. Yeah, we talk a lot about on Behind the Bliss, what is behind the bliss? Like, it's not all happy rainbow sunshine butterflies. And like, we know that because everyone has gone through or will go through a difficult time. But I love what you do, what you write about, how like you can shine at the same time. Like, even if you're going through something difficult, there are ways to find joy and small pieces and glimmer of hope in the midst of all of it, as hard as that sounds. And I just, yeah. I just admire you and what you're doing and the work that you do because I agree and I am, I'm a fan. It's awesome. That's, that's so sweet of you. I feel like the, the things in my life that have led me to this moment have been filled with a lot of pain. And so now it honestly feels like the greatest privilege of my life to be able to walk alongside women during their greatest pain and to be able to use mm-hmm the things that I've learned through the hardest moments of my life to, to help give hope to other people. So yeah, I appreciate all of that. I think that's the coolest part about walking through pain, not that pain walking is cool, but coming out sometimes on the other side or even in the midst of it, being able to like get out of your corner yes. and be like, you know what, if this is something I'm going to walk through, I'm definitely, I'm going to make something of yes. it. That's for sure. Like, I'm not just going to let this make something of me. I'm going to make something of it. And I want, I would love if you could, if you are open to it, sharing a little bit about what this pains are. It's always really cool when, when people can identify and be like, wow, like we're in the same place. I can now start to take the practicals that are to come in the next part of the conversation to heart because Ashley can do it. I can do it too. Yes, absolutely. 
you know, something that I always say is that even though the details of our lives are so different from each other, the feelings that we share are the same. And that kind of connects Mm -hmm. us as the human condition. And so even if we have different experiences, we can all connect on the, on the, on the feelings that we share that are similar and, and that helps us feel less alone. So for me, um, we've lost three children. The first two we lost during a very unexpected contested adoption. We had raised our kids for over half their lives for four years. We had permanent guardianship of them. Um, and all of us thought that we were going to be a family forever and always. And and we lost them after a two-year court battle. And we haven't seen them since. That was four and a half years ago now. And that pain, uh, sometimes it's hard to find words for it because it, it's not, there's no closure. There's, there's no, right. I think a lot of times when we go through pain, for example, when we were walking through the court battle and it was draining every part of my soul and spirit and emotions and finances and physical uh, power that I had just completely out. I kept saying, well, this will be worth it because it will keep my family safe because we'll have our kids forever Mm. because there's joy at the end of this. And so I think a lot of times to kind of rally ourselves during the midst of pain and really, really hard things, something that we do is I'm doing this because it will be worth it because this, this good thing's going to happen. And so when that gets taken away, um, it, it really, it it created an entire new life for me and for my husband. It's, it created this necessity to figure out how to keep living even when that hope and that dream has been taken away, even when the pain is ongoing. Right. And, and so that's been a huge part of our story and, and really trying to heal from that and finding tools for myself or it's all the things that I write about. And a few years, three years after we lost our kids um, and doing so much healing work, we were finally, we finally felt like we were ready to try to grow our family again. And this time, for the first time, we decided that we were going to try to get pregnant. And we were so excited about um, that. And we got pregnant quickly. And it was actually at this very same week that the pandemic shut everything down in Arizona last year. Um, I was 16 weeks pregnant. And all of a sudden, literally within hours, I went from having my legs feel like they were cramping to having some problems like some pain in my stomach to being rushed to the hospital screaming in pain because I couldn't walk and we get there and we learn that I had gone septic and sepsis is an infection in the blood so it had traveled and infected both of my kidneys and now is in my bloodstream and uh, sepsis is the reason that one third of people in hospitals die. It's a, it's a very um, severe thing that has a very high mortality rate. So I, um, the, the whole time again, I kept telling myself, I can get through this. This is the worst physical pain I've ever been in my life. Uh, my husband was not able to come in with me. So I was whisked away into the emergency room 
and I had to spend the next several days alone due to COVID restrictions. And um, I just kept telling myself, I can do this because this is going to keep my baby safe. This is protecting my baby. Wow. This is, if, if I need to do this, as long as my baby's okay, then I can do this. And there was one point where um, I kind of quit breathing and the pain escalated from a 10 to a thousand. And um, I woke up to all these doctors around me and I couldn't feel my body. And I just remember thinking, there's no way that both me and my baby can survive this. There's just, there's just no way. And so um, as they kind of got me stable, I kept asking them to check the baby again. And later that night, uh, I went down for an ultrasound and we had lost, we had lost him. And at that point too, they still wouldn't let my husband come be with me. Um, so I just remember laying in, in my little hospital bed all night, just sobbing and in so much pain and just feeling so alone and, and so helpless, helpless and wondering what the point of life was anymore. And the next morning, um, I delivered our baby boy. His name is Jace all by myself, literally without doctors or, or anyone. Um, and then trying to recover from, from that, both physically, emotionally, that's been a very long process that I'm still actively in right now. And now we've been trying to get pregnant right. again. And for whatever reason, it's not, it has not happened yet. And so now we've started fertility treatments, even though I have no diagnosis and, and, and it wasn't hard. You know, we didn't have a hard time conceiving Jace to begin with. And so there's all these unknowns and there's all these, there's all these really um, hard things right now. And, and so that's, that's where I've been. That's where I am. And that's why I know just how hard pain can be for other people and, and how it can make you feel so stuck in a life that sometimes you just might feel like you don't want to be a part of anymore, but you don't know what to do to change it. Yes. Like you were saying earlier, we can all experience different types of pain, but it's weird. Like the feeling behind it is always very similar. And so I can just imagine the women listening that your story can bring a lot of freedom as painful as it is, I'm sure to like share. And, and honestly, as painful as it is to hear, because you don't want that for anybody it's always it's also so beautiful because it brings freedom to the women that have felt alone like you're saying feeling you're in this you're stuck in a place and you're stuck in a life that you would trade for anything but sometimes the worst part of all of it or it isn't necessarily the fact that you would want to trade it in your in your circumstances it's the fact that you're dealing with shame mm. because of all of it you're like oh man i i hate that i'm having these thoughts or like i am ashamed that i would ever think that way when in reality there's so many other women and people that have the same exact thought processes. I want it. I would like almost jump into your brain. I have so many questions for you. <laughs> One of the biggest ones being, let's say someone's listening to this and it like, they're kind of new to their, their walk mm. with the Lord and they're hearing this and they're like, I'm sorry. Why would you ever choose to still believe in a God that would let these things happen? How can you, seriously like turn around and write a book about shining and like thriving and living the best life in the midst of all of these things and I know there's an, an incredible answer because 
if, if I know anything about you, you've probably wrestled with the same questions yourself. Yes. So kind of, would you share what that looked like and maybe even what it still looks like today to kind of, to kind of battle that internally? Absolutely. I love this question and, and I want to be really transparent because I think that sometimes when we are going through hard things, we almost feel guilty if our relationship with God changes. And sometimes, at least for me, that became more damaging to my relationship with God than me being really honest about it. And um, one of my friends said something to me one time that totally changed everything for me. And she said, you know, God is God. He can handle you being mad at him. And I was like, Hmm. wow, okay, what does that mean? And so for a while, I I was mad at God. And that was something that I expressed. That was something I prayed about. That, That was something that I asked a lot of questions about. And it helped my relationship with God change in a way that instead of me just pretending that I was okay, um, it, it allowed me to vocalize that I wasn't. And then it allowed mm. me to really feel God show up in my life in different ways, not in the ways that I had been praying for that this big miracle was going to come. And, and sometimes I think that we wait for this big miracle to happen, to either take the pain away or to make this big event change our life. But sometimes the miracle comes from having extra strength to keep going or from having someone show up for you that you needed that day or right. for getting you know the, the right doctor in place or just these moments where... I felt so loved and supported, even though I was in so much pain and, and nothing in my life had changed. I, I felt like the added strength that I was being given to keep going through what I was walking through and I'm still walking through. Um, that's something that I just, I couldn't deny that God was giving to me. And that's right. And so as I wrestled with my relationship, um, it I also allowed it to change. And, and I, I think, you know, growing up, my idea of God fit inside this box. And, and at first, and, and I don't know if you've experienced this, and I don't know if people who are listening have experienced this, but part of my grieving process was all, also grieving what I thought life was and who I thought God was because I had put everything into this neat, tidy little box of what I believed life and God to be. And then when devastation happens, that literally got blown up into smithereens. And so part of (laughs) grief was piecing back together and realizing that, oh, my idea of, of life and God are different. I need to grieve that. But now I also get to choose what pieces you know, I, I bring back in and, and how that evolves and stop trying to fit things into this little box that things just don't fit into anymore. Right. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's so, it's so true. I feel like, especially I grew up in South Carolina, like very much in the Bible belt and you know, the right answers and you go to Sunday school and you, and you learn what to say. And there becomes a point in time though, you have to like unlearn the truths that were ingrained to relearn them in a very real way where you can choose to believe them, not just know them with your head. Yeah. And that's almost like what you're saying. Like sometimes it just takes 
God blowing up your idea of who he is to actually prove himself bigger, stronger, wiser, like mightier than you ever could have imagined because of the lows you experience. And like I said earlier, I would never wish it on anybody, but I also want everyone to know the kind of God he is. And sometimes if it takes these things, you just get to know him in such more personal, intimate, precious way. Gosh, that again, like I wouldn't trade my experiences. I'm sure you would say you wouldn't trade yours either for the wisdom and knowledge you have of who he is. But the fact that he replaces even those like small moments with more miraculous moments and things that we don't even know to acknowledge him doing yet until it maybe later on are so beautiful and so worth it. Yeah. But of course, like you wouldn't make that exchange yourself if you had a choice, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. And, and I think, you know, you, you brought up shame earlier. I think that at first you can feel really ashamed of having questions about God or questions about your faith. And I just think that it's okay. And I think it's beautiful. And I think yeah. it's part of growth. I, th- I think it's essential to our growth and there's nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think that there's everything right with it. And then, yeah. and then it really becomes a part of who you are instead of something that you might just believe because you start feeling things on such a soul spiritual level that it literally becomes a part of you instead of you know checking off the checklist at church on Sunday or or right wherever so Mm -hmm. um I I do think that that going through your wrestle is can be really empowering also yeah yeah it's so good someone told me this one time and I loved the analogy of like There's so many things that we've experienced on earth that have given us a concept of like what earth is, right? Like, you know, uh, grass is dewy in the mornings. Why? How do we know? Because we've probably walked barefoot on it. Therefore, we know it's dewy in the mornings and different things like that, that, um, you know, if you touch a burner on a stove and it's on, it will be hot. How do we know? Because we probably got burnt one time. And there's different things in life that we've learned to be true because we've experienced it. And it's the same in our spiritual life where we have to almost experience it to know it's truth like fact, hardcore, it's legit. So the next time you walk through it, you can't, you don't even have to question it because you know. And that's almost what it, this is you're talking about, like walking it through, knowing it for a fact, not just taking whatever it is to heart just because someone says, like you have to do your own filtering. And that is sometimes what these circumstances bring us is the opportunity to filter and get to know God. and Yeah. And know him personally, not just know him factually, which is, the most beautiful opportunity. Yes. Because this is something that I feel like I've struggled with. I very much am a compartmentalist. <laughs> like there is this part of my life, there's that part of my life, and then this part of yes. my life. And especially when it comes to difficult circumstances and seasons, I'm like, okay, I'm going to grieve it, deal with it, get over with, and then move on. And that's not always the option we have. <laughs> Sometimes it's a both and at the same time. And do you feel like you've done that dance beautifully or is it still something you're learning where you're like, no, I, I can actually live life fully, like go on these adventures and enjoy them while also wishing sometimes things look differently or that my life, you know, in this one area didn't have these trials. Do you feel like you've been able to <laughs> do this dance? I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. I think for me, it's been less of a dance and more of like, I don't know what's a good word for it. 
I mean, I know I can't think of something. (laughs) The the most, I mean, the word dance to me feels like this beautiful movement, you know, that flows in between things. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I'm more of like a tornado where (laughs) I I just, I'm just, I'm just trying. And, and sometimes that looks better than others, but there's one little word that has helped me a lot. And that word is, and. In the beginning, especially when we lost our older two kids, finding joy again, like I'm, I'm talking about any type of joy, um, whether that f- was me being happy because I felt the sun shine that day or because, you know, I have my amazing husband or whatever the joy looked like, it, it was so overclouded by grief and trauma that I couldn't really feel it. And then as I was working through things, and by working through things, what I mean is going to therapy and having really hard moments of trying to pull myself out and and trying to talk myself up into getting out of bed that day. That was what working through it looked like for me. Um, as As I started getting resources and tools in place to help me keep walking forward in my life, I remember one of the first times I started to feel joy and I felt really guilty about it. And that's something that can happen when we go through grief and trauma. Uh, For me, the lie that I was telling myself was, well, what kind of mom can't protect her kids, but then she's allowed to feel happy and joyful? What if my kids aren't feeling happy and joyful right now? And so any time that I would start feeling these moments, I would immediately shut them down and almost want to punish myself because I was so mad at myself because I had blamed myself for so many things that had happened. And so I sabotaged, I was just sabotaging everything and it was destroying me. And so a word that I really clung on to is the word and. I realized that you can feel grief and joy and they can coexist. And learning that has been a huge part of my healing process because it's given me permission to be okay with feeling both of those emotions. I I think too, it can get really easy to try to block out pain. I, I try to run as fast and as far away from my pain as I possibly could. That looked like taking on as many work projects as possible. That looked like Literally, my husband and I sold everything that we owned in our home in Phoenix and moved across the country to Nashville. That looked like us traveling a lot, just trying to do things uh, to distract us and to outrun this pain. And I realized that you can't outrun pain. And when you try to block the pain in your life, you're also blocking the joy. You're also blocking the healing. You're also blocking the lessons and the relationships and just all the good things because you cannot have one without the other. So Mm. as I started allowing myself to feel everything, that word and has really saved me because this is how it will look in my mind. If I'm having a really hard moment, I, I can say to myself, man, I'm in a lot of pain today. I'm in so much pain right now. And I feel so much joy because I'm doing XYZ or because I, you know, I'm out in the grass in the in my bare feet and the sun is shining and I feel good. Like yeah. it, it just helps me not feel so stuck in that painful moment. 
Yes, so good. Yes, that's the permission I think a lot of us need. The be able to feel and yes, one hundred percent. I want you to almost, I want you to share with us clarity mapping because it's something I know you're incredible at. And so, for those of us that are unfamiliar with it, will you explain what it is and then how we can use it in our life to find clarity when things just are like this tornado mess that we've been talking about? Yes. So, clarity mapping is something that I started and and really uncovered over a six month time period after we lost our older two kids. And this was when I did not know the direction of my life anymore. You know, I went from being a very active mom to two to two kids to being in a quiet house to feeling like I didn't have a reason to wake up in the morning to like literally not having anyone need me. Um and and I I felt so purposeless. I felt so lost. I didn't know what to do with my time or my energy or my heart or the love I had to give, and and I really need a fi- needed to figure out how to rebuild my life. And so over the course of six months, I uncovered this process called clarity mapping, and how it started was through my daily prayer and meditation. And the very first question I asked, so it's a series of five questions, and then it it's an actual map. And I I walk I walk you through the entire map. Um, in my new book, I am here. I'm a really visual person, so it it, it helps me to see it on paper. So if you're a virg- visual person, also it's yes. it's all encompassed in that <laughs> book. But really, the the premise is I ask myself five questions every morning to help me find clarity and freedom throughout my day. Because what I have found is that when I'm clear about my day then I feel more free in my life because I'm doing the things that fill me up and I'm saying no to other things that take too much time and energy away. So in the series of the five questions, the very first question that I ask myself is, what is my intention today? And I I think sometimes we can hear the word intention and maybe it sounds a little woo-woo or we don't know what it means, but really an intention is just an action that you want to uh, accomplish that leads to a certain feeling that you want to have throughout your day. And it's kind of like your North Star so that you can say yes or you can say no to the things that will take you off your course. Made me feel like I had purpose again. It made me feel like I was accomplishing things. It made me feel like I was moving forward. And this is very important when you feel stuck in your pain, that you can start noticing movements that you're taking that are leading you forward, because then it helps you reframe the narrative that I'm stuck in my pain. I'm here forever. I don't know what to do to get out of it. You can reframe that as you watch yourself literally moving forward toward a a destination. Um, So that was really impactful for me. The second question that I asked myself, because I, I started, again, feeling guilty, right, for, for finding any type of joy, was why am I worthy? Why am I worthy to feel this today? Why am I worthy to get out of bed today? Why am I worthy to live this life? At first, it was like, well, because I was a good mom, or because I'm a good wife, or because I'm a good business owner, or because whatever whatever outside um, label I could put on myself is why I told myself I was worthy. And then all of a sudden one day 
I was sitting there and I was answering this question and the answer was just because I am. I'm worthy because I am. Wow. Because I was created and and because I'm here and because and and because I I'm so deeply loved, I just am worthy. And that was a really pivotal moment in my healing journey also. Um and then the next question for clarity mapping is who can I serve today? Who can I serve with with all of all of these things that I've been given, all of this knowledge that I've been given with this new lens in which I view the world because pain changes how you view things and the people around you. Who is it that I can serve today? And there's been some really amazing um, situations that have come into my life because I simply was in a place where I wanted to notice them and I wanted to receive that. And, and I think that that's a beautiful part that can come in our healing journey is when we start seeing that what we're learning can help other people. It starts changing things for us. The next question that I asked myself for clarity mapping is what can I set down today? So many times we're trying to find clarity and freedom in our life, but we're so tied to the pain of the past that it's like we've we've thrown away the our own key to the chains that are binding us to the past. Yes. And it can feel so heavy and it can feel so unforgiving and relentless, but really we're holding the key and and we need we just need to let things go. We need to set things down. And so revisiting every day oh, okay. And noticing, oh, I feel anxious maybe today, or I, or I feel heavy. What is it? What is it that I have no control over that I can set down just for today? The last question I ask myself is, how does the truest version of myself show up today? And I, I used to ask, how does the best version of myself show up today? But what I realized is that the best version of me and the truest version of me are different because I would base the best version of me based off of what other people wanted from me. And the truest version of me is really true to my intuition. And sometimes that upsets other people or sometimes that doesn't fit their narrative. Taking all of the answers to these questions, I then put into a clarity map with the focus of the map being what is your intention for your life right now? And then what actionable steps are needed to bring that intention to life so that you feel like you are moving forward again and you don't feel so stuck. So all of that plays into each other. And it's been so amazing as I've been able to see other women use this tool, whether it's a girl in college or a stay-at-home mom or a business owner or a CEO, just no matter what you're doing in your life, being able to get really intentional with our actions and our healing and our relationships is what allows us to move forward. And that's one of the gifts that pain has given me. It's the gift of learning how to be intentional with my time so that my life just isn't passing me by. And clarity mapping helps has really helped bring that to the forefront of my life. Amazing. And you talk about all this and way more in your new book, which is oh. So beautiful one. Born to Shine was one of my favorites. So I just know this one's going to be just Thank you. That's so sweet. (laughs) So if people wanted to get their hands on I Am Here 
and read more about clarity mapping and walking through what just life is and what it has to offer us and all the things, where can they find that and more about you? So you can go by I Am Here wherever books are sold. And you can come connect with me online. I love our Instagram community. So come find me there at Ashley K. Lemieux. And also, everybody, it's beautiful. Like, you Thank have a professional you. photographer chasing you around Hawaii and Arizona or something. <laughs> because it's so we fun. Just, so we inspiring. just do our tripod photos. But <laughs> we, we, um, I really, I really try to make Instagram a community where you can come and and feel supported and um and so yeah I would love for you to come join us there yes that would be amazing but I want to know what is something that you're loving these days that you have to share with the people it's like one of my favorite questions to ask Ooh, what is something that I'm loving yes it could be like linkable with a thing or it could be a song it could be a person like truly anything could be anything Oh my gosh, my wine is just, my mind now is like, oh my gosh, what is it that, so, okay, something tangible that I really love, that I've been loving, that I used to not be this person, I've been loving nighttime teas. I've been experimenting with these different type of nighttime teas that just help me, I don't know, calm down at night and just relax, and it's become this really fun part of, um my nighttime routine, which is totally, I'm such a person who hates routines and, and so I'm not that person. So the fact that I love this so much is really bizarre. So, but nighttime herbal teas have, um, I don't know. I'm on a kick. I'm on a kick of them right now. Any favorite flavor? (laughs) Um, I, I love things with lavender, like a little bit, yes. just a yes. little bit of My girl. lavender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit of, um, dandelion. I, and then, I mean, it doesn't taste great, but it makes me feel great. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, that counts. I've been trying a lot of different ones. Amazing. Oh yeah. Inspiring us to bring out those teacups. Put some yeah, water in the kettle. Bring out your teacups. <laughs> Do it. I'm going to link all this in the show notes and more because- if everyone's listened to this episode, they're, I know they're obsessed and I know that they can just find so much more hope from the stories that you share and just the vulnerability and the rawness. And that is a gift to be able to share what's real and what's right in front of you while also at the same time preaching the message of hope and it not feeling fake or distorted. And it feels so real and inspiring. And I just know the people walking through whatever it is that life's throwing them at this very moment can grip it. They can grip it tight because of what you've shared today, what messages you share every day online. Just know that you're amazing and I admire you and I'm just so thankful you could be here with us. Well, thank you, Rachel. You're amazing too. And I love that that you're giving, creating a platform for these messages to be shared to more women so that they can grasp on to a little more hope too. So thank you so much for having me today. This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more episodes so you don't miss episodes full of encouragement. And don't forget to rate and review so that we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.